Silver Sevens on a Thursday. This is our home every single Thursday, Flamingo and Paradise. we got 77-cent bottle special in effect tonight with the Kings in town to take on your Vegas Golden Knights. A lot of Golden Knights talk today throughout the show, getting set up for this big game. Adam Hill is here as the company. Angels helping out at the set back in our Finley Toyota Studios. It is Ari right out of the gates. Let's do a giveaway. we got a uh, really cool giveaway for a mega concert coming up. You can make a trip out of this in Southern California, in Indio. You've driven through there, right? Sure. You don't stop, though. You're usually, you're usually racing to go to L.A. I try not to. <laughs> I try not to. Power Trip Live is coming up first week of October. We've got a bunch of tickets for this one. Not going to be an easy ticket to grab. Empire Polo Grounds, Indio. Indio, California. Three days of concerts. These two tickets are good for all three days. 364-1100, caller 7. 364-1100, caller 7. Guns and Roses, Iron Maiden, Ozzy. Hello. All right. I don't think he's doing many shows. He was just talking about retiring like a month ago. ACDC, Metallica, Tool, amongst others. Sixth, seventh, and eighth. Three nights of shows. Ari's got the tickets right now. 364-1100, Caller number seven. That's the way to start things out. we got fight tickets coming up later on, and we'll also set you up for a comedy show that's coming up over the summer. So good stuff on the way. Anytime you have Tool buried that low on a, on a lineup, it's a good lineup. Is anyone buried? I was going to use the, uh, the segue of the concert, but you, you threw me off there. Is anyone buried at the Masters yet? It looks like everyone's kicking ass. Low scores, well. right? Sure. Including Victor Hovland, who's not on my Masters fantasy team, so I'm a little upset Who was on your fantasy one. team? Uh, I've got Rom. He's on there. He's playing well. He's, well, he's, he's seven under, the right? Of the board. Uh, I got Spieth. Uh, JT. You don't care about character, right, on your fantasy team? Uh, no. Okay. Good. Spieth is what, four? Uh, I thought it was three last I saw, but it was a while ago, so yeah. Um, Wait, are you watching the Formula One reality show of golf? No, what is that? I call it. No, the, the people that did the Formula One reality show did a golf one. Oh, wow. By the way, Spieth is one through 13, so I jinxed it. What, so what's this reality show? I might be in on this. Uh, full swing. Okay. It's it, literally the same people that did F1. It's probably good. The PGA Tour went to them and said, do it for us. We need help. And they were Actually, doing- I don't know. Does the PGA Tour need help? I don't know. I don't know if a reality show will help or hurt them. Uh, I will say this. Probably won't help with me. Help. Uh, yeah, why? Well, first of all, they were filming last year during the live controversy. Ooh, so okay, I'm back in. That. Watch how many times they flip-flop on this. Um, I, w- I will say, and the reason I started to get into it, because uh, I, was, I was thinking about watching it maybe, maybe not, and I was around all of my, you know, my family when I was up in California a couple weeks ago, and they were obsessed with the golf tournament. It was a regular, you know, normal weekend on the tour. And they were just super in, and they're telling me facts about all the. I was like, "What is going on? I've never seen you guys watch sports before. This is crazy." Reality show. It's it's just hooking people that aren't really sports fans, just like it did for F one. How many people do we know watch F one that never watched it before and now watch it because of the show? And I, apparently, the, this show has done the same thing for golf. That's all uh, my one of my fantasy leagues, one of my fantasy baseball leagues. That was the side conversation. People, it, you know, it's funny. It was a baseball fantasy league. 
There wasn't a lot of hardcore talk about baseball at a fantasy baseball league. Only F1. But when, but when they started breaking out F1, what? like it was like five guys were all over it. Uh, and I know the crew that you were with, and I'll say last time I was up there, uh, they have one of those theater rooms, one of them does, with yep. five TVs. One of them is on F1 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. They just keep showing the race over and over again. The race, I think, I get confused on time zones. It was Australia this weekend, right? Sure. The race was at like, I thought... I might be way off on the time. When they were going to watch it, it was like midnight, central time. Sure. And then I guess it, you know, it ends early or you know, later that morning, and then we had to go back and watch it again. Oh, yeah. And I sat there, and luckily he had a big TV set up. And sadly, the game I wanted to watch, F1 was in the middle of the big TV. There was four smaller TVs around. In the lower right corner, sexist, was the women's game, the women's title game. I'm like, I want to watch that. So a lot of trash talk. I got subjected to uh, Angel Reese and Catelyn Clark on a very small screen. Although we had we had to leave, we were traveling, so I didn't get to see the in the face. Did you? Uh, Can't see me. I'm sure you did because you're you're very in. Did you see our trivia championship photo last night? I did not. Um, I forgot to get updated on that. Um, well, do, is it is all, this a bigger championship? Or I feel like I never understood. We're all doing this. Oh, uh, you were doing the ring. Yes. I never under did you do that? Did you do the thing in front well, of the face? Well, we did, but it was a, a still photo. So we did we did that, and then we did the ring and the, with the pictures during the ring. Did you make sure to make it racial? Uh, did you try to point f- that out? Did you try to t- create controversy? Because I don't I don't believe that Angel Reese was creating any. We controversy. basically our trivia team is basically one person of every race on Earth. Oh, that's good. So I think we're uh, we're good. We're like very diverse. Okay. Yeah. Just, as long as you don't do it. Well, we all did. There it. could we're be trouble. Together. There we're could be together. trouble. So I'm trying to look up the bio on this thing and. Uh, I don't know. It's weird. You sprung this on me. What, now, full, full swing? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kepka's in it? Sure, they're all in it. It's, it's great. Well, the, you keep saying they're all. I don't know who, who's all. All the guys that you love and hate. JT and Kepka. All right. I'll, I'll, during a break, I'll look it up. It's good. I wish you were ready for this conversation. I'm trying to remember. I'm, I'm very frustrated right now. I can't remember who it was, though. But there, there is, like, interesting. Uh, God, it was, it was, like, the first major of last year. Might have been JT was. Who's JT? Justin Thomas was okay. just really struggling. With uh, sinuses in the third round, and basically couldn't get around the course because he, he just could not breathe. And I, I hope it's Justin. I can't remember for sure who it was, but um, he was like in the lead after two, fell apart on day three because of his sinuses. And then they show him go. He just leaves the course and goes right to CVS and basically buys everything they have. He's like, just give something has to work. Just give me everything. And he's walking out with. Just, Two giant bags of, of uh, antihistamines and, and whatever right. medicine he got. It's great. Uh, live scoreboard at the Masters. Is this all we really care about aside from the guys on your fantasy so. team? I think so. Um, the aforementioned Kepka is 7-under. Smith is 2-under. Mickelson's 1-under. Uh, Fatrick is 1-under. DJ is even. Schwartzel plus 2. Oost Heisen is plus four. Watson's plus five. So, well, at least Kepka's making a show of it. Wouldn't that be a hoot? Hey, you let him back in the door. Sure. Gutless Masters people. You didn't. There's somebody you left off though. How's Kevin Na doing? Hey, what happened here? I I I saw people accusing him of just quitting because he was playing poorly, and I I, I tend not to believe that. Is that what really happened? You know that? I think the I think the all the, live drama, all the live drama just totally was wearing down on him. Oh. And then he just melted. He, and can, he can go home uh, and sleep on pillows sure. and money. 
was terrible. It'll be okay. Was terrible through nine holes, and he said, "I'm out. I'm done." I like that. Yeah, that's a Cofield move. Like Especially if I, if I was that rich, well, I'd be like, "What, what also, am I bothering?" But it also does go to one of the issues with Liv is that I, look the the where the money's coming from and it's all that stuff is is true. Liv takes away competitiveness. For one, you don't really you're already paid. You don't really care. But two. And we've talked about this, but you're guaranteed money. And I know this is not part of Live, so it's, it's different. But when you're on the tour, you're guaranteed money. If you win, it comes out of that guaranteed money. Like, you're not winning anything by winning. So I think there is part of this is, like, you're not really that competitive anymore. So now it, it kind of takes some of that away. So the, so the edge has been taken away. I believe so. I think that's, I think that's part of it for sure. Seamus Power won over. It's randomly, randomly spitting out names on the leaderboard. You'll be at hockey tonight, though, right? Well, you're not going to be watching Masters replay to get your fantasy information. No, I'll just see how we did, and then I'll, I'll, I'll tune in Sunday when see how my guys are doing. Did you see this being the scenario towards the end of the year in this division, the Kings and the Knights in a pivotal game with first place and a high seat on the line? Certainly not the Kings. That's kind of surprising, for sure. Why? Uh, I mean, they, you know, I, I think they've been building. They've got some talent on their team, but uh, I still thought they were maybe a year away from really taking a step up. And uh, part of that is because they can't stop anything. Their goaltending's been well. They've 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 gotten fortunate. I mean, Quick was horrific when he was on their team, and he's been a little bit better since he's been to the Knights. But um, there was definitely goaltending questions coming into the season, and. Uh, certainly didn't know that they'd be able to score at the rate that they're scoring. They've, they've certainly been much, much better than anybody thought. And I think a lot of people thought they'd be fading away when, you know, they're right in the mix about a month and a half ago and said, oh, okay, well, this will this will probably fade. And it hasn't faded. And it, it has the last couple of games as they've fallen a couple points behind. But I, they, they had just the way, and I know, you know, very good friends with a Kings fan who's just been very frustrated that for like a month and a half they were winning every game and not making up any ground. They were just two points behind the Knights every single day because the Knights were winning every day also. Um, and now the, I guess the Kings have been the first kind of blink, and they're four points back now with four to play, but uh, almost certainly are going to finish in the top three, uh, which you know would set them up either against Edmonton or the Knights. If the Knights do hold on to first place in the, in the division, they'll play a wild card, and Edmonton will play the Kings. And it uh, looks like the Kings might get stuck playing on the road against Edmonton, but uh, been a very... You know, very good battle for a couple months now with the uh, the Kings and Knights, and now the Oilers joining it. They've been red hot. And it's crazy. The Knights have had this magical season. Point total. You know what? You remember what the over-under was before the season? It was like 95. Okay, so way over. Yeah. Significantly over. And we still got a goalie situation. And tonight, a lot of people were looking for the storyline of Johnny Quick, revenge spot, going against the Kings. Uh, Brassois is going to be the guy. And I saw Butchie addressed it. Like recognizing the fact that it would be a cool angle, Butch, Butchie. Yeah, I like it. Bruce Cassidy. You didn't. You weren't. You weren't around those shows, were you? I, know. I was. Oh, okay. I yeah, was. The whole. I just thought we weren't going to do it. We weren't going to participate. Why? I, what do you mean? I'm not going to participate in nicknames and hockey. <laughs> yes. Butchie, Marshy, and Barbie. Barbie, Butchie, Marshy. I'm. I might curse. I'm about to stop. The, the Brady Bunch. Yes. Barbie, Butchie, Marshy. It's good. Marshy, Marshy, Marshy. Yes. There you go. All right, on the decision today, though. Laurent Boissois. Right, but no quick, even though it would have made for a great story. 
Yeah, I mean, look, they have to win. The, they have to win the game, but really, they're don't they're get frustrated to, in the stories. It's your career. <laughs> uh, yeah, they they've got to try to win. I, I don't think the the narrative really matters to them. I think winning is, and more the, more important than winning, um, it's trying to figure out what they're going to do in the postseason. They, they're in just such a difficult spot right now, having Thompson be out as long as he has and try to come back and get hurt again, and having Hill miss the time that he's missed. And you're four games out from starting the playoffs, not knowing if either or both of them will be back. And if they are, what kind of shape they'll be in to, to be able to go out and play a game. And now you've got Quick, who's been awful, but has all this great playoff experience and has won games even though he's been terrible. Boswell has been very good too, but he's never played a playoff game. Like, you've got a very difficult decision to make, even if all four were healthy. Who's on the roster? Who's playing? But right now you just have so much uncertainty. You've just got to figure out what your rotation is for the playoffs. There was talk last night that the Lakers might have preferred playoff opponents. I still don't think it explains why, then why you would play everyone. Um, do the Knights have a – do you believe there's a – for fans, the way you look at it, is there a preferred playoff opponent? Well, I mean, be, between your division with the Kings and the Oilers, um, they're going to – that'll be the second round anyway. They'll most like – well, unless you lose – uh, if you finish second to Edmonton, which you could, uh, then you probably play the Kings and probably host the Kings for the first round. I, I don't think that's a terrible matchup for them. Uh, but if you – Winnipeg sitting there in the second wild card spot, that's a possibility if they win the division. I don't know if they love that either. I, I, look, I, I think that there's a lot of very balanced, evenly matched teams in the West. And so especially in, in you know, when you're kind of staying in your division somewhat – uh, except for a wild card match in the first round. Uh, you know, I, I don't think they're scared of the Kings. I think that's one. I don't think yeah. they're scared of anybody, but uh, Edmonton might not be a great matchup right now. The way this is also, going. it's not the NFL. It's not a one-off. No. Seven so games. You're, you're going into a series. You're probably going to have to beat, you know, some of the teams that you don't want to go against at some yeah. point. And, it, again, it's not a, a coin flip at times because you're going to get a bunch of chances. I mean, do you want to have to spend time in the peg? Again? I mean, you do. It's one of your favorite places because they, like they only do hockey there. They don't do all that entertaining nonsense, as you call it, in that arena. They just do hockey. Yeah, they're there for a game. Yeah. I like that. Well. You're there to watch hockey. We can say it. They're, they're, uh, they're better hockey fans. They're pure hockey fans than Las Vegans. True. Las Vegans want entertainment and hockey. And I'm with them. The best part is that that's such an obvious, yes, of course, that's, yes, you're right. But people, what? Yeah, they, they are. It's just boring. It's not, Was it's it loud? Boring. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, for the game. I feel like the speakers, not for the, I feel like the speakers in the arenas now are such, such a premium that if you have a new arena or if you're invested in speakers, it just makes such a difference. It was loud for more than just when they play the thing on the screen to cheer if you're a local. Which is the only time it gets loud at T-Mobile. Well, it's weird. Day to day, I don't know what you're going to do. Yesterday, out of nowhere, you were like a hardcore defender of Allegiant Stadium. And then, uh, well, this is the That's norm. Right. You have, you've always gone after the uh, the Knights fans. I'm, going, I'm going, not going after them. On the way back, this is big visit week for the Raiders and QB prospects in the draft. We'll get the latest from Adam on what's going on. with uh, Bryce Young was in town today, right? Bryce Young was doing his visit, so we'll get the updates on uh, quarterbacks visiting. Uh, maybe none of them get to the Raiders at number 7. 
777 gets you two hot dogs, two bags of chips, and a 22-ounce Bud, Bud Light, or Michelob Ultra Draft on Golden Knights game days at the Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. Big Golden Knights game on tap over at the Fortress. If you can't make it out there, you can come to Silver 7's. That's where we are every Thursday, but really it's a great spot anytime there's VGK hockey on at the Bud Light Sports Bar. That's where we're set up. 77-cent bottle specials on McUltra, Bud, and Bud Light. Some of my favorite beers, especially of late. Uh, Adam Hill is with us. It's Cofield. Angel. So what's going on with Visit Week? I think an actual target is going to be here, if I'm correct, in terms of a defensive player, a big-name defensive player. So we can get to that. But with the quarterbacks, what's been the schedule so far? Uh, well, they do not confirm. Or now two's here, so they'll, they'll they do never, leak it to Tom Pelissero. They'll never talk, they'll we never talk just... about that. Well, the agents do okay. to try to get it out there, but yeah. the, the Raiders won't confirm that the guys are here. Uh, but Bryce Young is supposedly here right now uh, in in the building, kind of checking out and seeing what's going on. And um, there's a couple reasons for it because I know a lot of people immediately say Bryce Young, he's going to go one or two. Yeah, probably, most likely. You don't know that for sure. Yeah. Well, um, and here's here's the other one that I. That what if you got a call from number two team and they're like, "Hey, we want to trade down." Got any interest? Could, could Never know. Or the one I, I I said before, like if if the bidding, not the bidding, if the if the value starts to skyrocket, and all of a sudden Carolina is like, if we can get more than we give up, okay, maybe we trade it too. Like you never know, and he could slip. And here's the other thing that has been mentioned. Um, and not a whole lot of people ever talk about this. You think you're ever going to play against Bryce Young? Think at any point in, your, in his career you're going to play against him? Get a couple of tips by watching him up close. You want to know that, a little bit that, about that him? That you'll probably never get again? Yeah, you want to know a little bit about him? Uh, multiple times last year when we were, you know, we talked to McDaniels or one of the coordinators about a certain player, especially Patrick Graham would talk about this quite a bit, the defensive coordinator. Uh, you would say, hey, what do you know about this guy? What, you know, what does the scout say? And he would say, "We, you know, we had him in before the draft. We knew a lot about him. Like, th- we have notes on him. We, we you know, studied him. We understand him. We know him. Like, those things are very, very overlooked in the draft process. Mm-hmm. But they're very much a part of what coaches are doing. I thought that point was brought up with McDaniels and Baker Mayfield. Gone all the way back to New England days. Yeah. That, uh, you know, the Patriots had seen Mayfield. Well, it didn't help. They, they didn't, <laughs> like, apparently they didn't learn that he can <laughs> rally a team late. <laughs> that wasn't in the notes, apparently. Well, yeah. that was going to be on the Browns. The Rams are a different team. Yeah, no, but for for sure, point. for sure though, you you know, there's a lot that you can gather from this, um, and so I, you know, I, I think that when you start looking at visits, and also here, here's the other thing, like part of the visits to me, especially if you ever see a team does leak one out, part of that is, hey, we're bringing this guy in. Yep, might want him. Smoke screen. So this is all. It's all games. Every every part of this. Yep. What do you say every year about the draft? I mean, a lot of things, but don't don't, don't believe anything. If something actually comes trust out, anything because you yeah. don't know where it's coming from and what the motivation yeah. is. And if something actually comes out, it's because somebody wants it to. Especially if it comes out from a team, and you can usually tell by who puts something out if it came from the team or from the league or me, from the team or a scout or from where it came from. You can usually tell by who gets the information where it came from, and then you have to figure out why that information got out. So I'm incorrect on. The leaks to the NFL Network coming from the organization. That generally doesn't happen? Or do you feel like there's someone connected? Yeah, okay. Depends who. 
and, and it's a lot of times it's scouts. A lot of times it's it's you know it's agents trying to get their guy out there. Like there's all that. Like I, I I've been I've actually heard a lot of interviews with agents the last couple of days, uh, talking about you know many situations. But I you know I heard uh, Rosenhaus yesterday talking about Lamar Jackson and why he you know he was saying he he said you know I respect what he's doing. He's like, but I believe in agents. He's like, obviously it's self self serving uh, that I believe in agents and I think agents are important. But he, he, part of it, what he said is, he's like, hey, he's like, you need like you Lamar Jackson needs somebody that knows a media person well enough to leak something out for you. Like you need that to happen. You need the narrative out there, and then you need somebody that knows a team and then another team and that can pit them against each other and knows how to talk to this person and this person and knows. Which you know, which person in this organization is most willing to put something out for this, and which person in this organization is most you know most willing to sit down and discuss negotiations and like all those things. That institutional knowledge is what you need, but a huge part of why a player would theoretically need an agent is to control narrative and to to strategically leak information in certain ways. Like that, it, it's it's used to be the thing that people didn't talk about. Now everybody kind of understands that, or you should understand if you're following all these things of why a lot of these things happen, why a lot of stuff comes out. It's, it's strategic. And there's a, there's a method to the madness of who's putting those things out there. So um, it, it's interesting to watch. I, I would say the who's visiting where, I know people love it, and we'll keep writing about it because people keep reading it, means nothing. Absolutely nothing. Because if a team really liked a guy, you wouldn't know that they're visiting, most likely. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at Adam Hill LVRJ or tweet the show at Cofield and Co. Rolling on. Silver Sevens. Cofield and Company. Adam Hill is here. It's Cofield. So we had a lot going on outside of the world of sports, and it's going to be intertwined with sports. It already is starting with Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese and LSU and the Bidens and the Obamas and We got beer issues. We got people being expelled from state office. So there's a lot going on. And I'm telling you, everyone out there just wants sports. Sorry, sometimes it, it's going to creep in because these are important issues. And there's going to be a lot of folks speaking up in sports on what's going on in the state of Tennessee. But I thought what Shannon Sharp did the other day, this Reese Clark Biden's thing, I find interesting. And I understand why it's happening. And as we. We explained yesterday, both Adam and I said, the the invite snafu debacle by Flotus, I really believe was an honest mistake. I don't think it was some something that was racist. I don't think she knows sports. She didn't understand the impact of an invite. Um, the White House invite thing has been politicized for about 10 years now. If you go back, who was the Bruins goalie? Who was one of the first guys to say, yeah, I'm not going with the Bruins to go see Obama, right? So it's been this has been a story oftentimes, you know, there's been complaints from different teams in the past, the food they get, it's 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 a pretty crazy thing, right? You remember the cold Big Macs and all that? Was that was that South Carolina the basketball the women's basketball team? Uh, I think it was a couple teams. Yeah. That was like the tradition during the 2016 to 20 years. So Skip and Shannon, and really, you know, in this case, it's the Shannon show. Skip and Shannon started talking about this, and Skip start. I was check that. Shannon starts getting really, really worked up. Again, this is uh, you know the Reese turning down of the invite and the insult towards 
LSU and and Flotus. It's um, it's pretty interesting stuff. It's a uh, it's interesting to hear him get this worked up. That's the part about winning the Super Bowl, the yep. World Series, or the NBA title. Guess what, Skip? We get invited to the White House. Yep. The losers don't get anything. Mm-hmm. This is not a participation award, and that's what's watered down sports in America. Yep. Little Johnny and Little Susie get an award just because they were on the team, yep. although they didn't win anything. By the way, just a little programming note. If, if I constantly say, yeah, as you're going on a rant in between, I, Angel has full permission to kick my chair out and knock me to the floor. Or you can jump across if you're fast enough and punch me right in the face. For everyone out there, a rant does not need to be validated. Nor, by the way, this doesn't need to happen on phone interviews either. Little tip for broadcasters. God, it drives me nuts. Especially as a member of the vast sound crew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop. All right, he's really worked up. Sure. And that was kind of the point that was established yesterday. The winners get to go. It's not, and, and then you hear them talk about a participation trophy, and we know there's a lot of people who are my age and older with the kids these days thing with the participation trophies. You know, we can't, we don't want to have as much acceptance of just purely winning and losing. We don't want you know, young kids to feel bad. Okay, these are older. These, these people are adults, okay? They know, they know they lost. They don't need a pat on the head to go, as we said yesterday, especially in women's sports, you go, girl, is not, that should not be accepted anymore. They're competing. Uh, they're they're making money. They're getting media attention. They they're just as fiery as their male counterparts. Well, here's where Shannon goes to the uh, racial angle on it, which uh, is pretty fascinating. She's a doctor. If she didn't know, she should have known mm. before she opened her mouth and blurted this dumb scenario out mm. because they played hard. Skip, everybody plays hard, but you get rewarded by winning this. The losing side mm-hmm. is white America. <laughs> Come mm. on, Dr. Biden. Mm. You know better than this. Mm. Did you forget who helped put your husband in the White House? Uh-oh. 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 <laughs> Shannon! Yeah! I don't know how... That that right there is brilliant recognition of what you need to be doing on TV in terms of fanning flames. But I don't understand how being well-educated means you understand sports. I don't... Like, the more educated people are, the less I expect them to know about sports. And maybe that's a... Maybe that's a bias on my part. Is this I just guess, sports, but. though? How about be aware of what goes on in the world and what goes on in this country? I See, now, I'll turn it on you. I think you're being sexist. Smart and a woman doesn't know sports. I said smart people. I didn't say woman. I said woman. Yeah, I know. You're I being sexist. I think, that's, I, think that's why you're, I think that's why you're doing it. I said people that are more educated but understand I think, sports less. But I think that's why you're doing it. No, I was thinking... Honestly, in my were mind, think, were you thinking of John in my Perry? Mind, no, in my mind, I was thinking like super nerdy people yeah. don't know sports. Like that's what I'm. That's what I'm picturing in my mind. I'm thinking like the the point, the traditional Poindexter, right? You know, like pocket protector nerd, like doesn't understand sports. When he's like, she's educated, she's a doctor, she should know about sports. I don't know what those two things have in common. You're going to find out a very serious mm. hard lesson in, tw- in 24. You'll be like a Kentucky or Duke freshman. You'll be one and done. Mm. Now play with it if you want to. Now you try to appeal to a certain group that don't give a you-know-what about your husband. That every chance they get, you see how popular you are? Mm-hmm. You see how popular your husband is? Yeah. I tell you what, he'll drop another 5% if he do this. Mm-hmm. 
Get 77-cent bottles of Bud, Bud Light, and Michelob Ultra on Golden Knights game days at the Silver 7s Hotel and Casino. All right. On the way out, some some threatening words. Shannon Sharp saying that uh, Flotus may have just screwed her husband out of the White House. According to Shannon Sharp, the uh, the move of inviting Angel Reese could be a, a big, big mistake. But I, w- I want to go back to the, the start of this because um, I don't want to just say, hey, the whole thing was silly because there's, there's a lot of thought that's been put into Reese versus Clark and the trash talk and Xavier Pope. I've seen him all over Twitter. Economy on this has been a big story all week long. My friend, how are you? Pretty good. How are you, man? We're good. We're good. As always, we got a lot to get into here. So the the initial trash talk on the floor and the reaction a couple of hours after the game with uh, Reese from LSU and Clark from Iowa. What did you see on social media before we get to the actual players' reaction? What do you what do you think of the reaction to trash talk? Players' trash talk, uh, and it's, it's a part of the, it's a part of the game, um, and so I think that. Uh, it's something that is new for many fans um, that may be unfamiliar with the women's game, but it's not something that's new in the women's game. Um, and I think that it's just really interesting that the crowd of people, and I tweeted this, who say they don't watch women's basketball, now has the huge, biggest ratings ever, now have something to say um, about women's trash talking. I think it's ridiculous. Right. Um, why do you even care about women's sports if you don't care about women's sports? Yeah, I think some of the initial shock, if it were genuine, you know, if it's not people with an agenda, if it were genuine, is actually kind of sexist. And I've talked about this for years, that they, I think women are held to the standard where they're not expected to be super competitive. It's a kind of a you-go-girl attitude, and there shouldn't be trash talk, which is, which is way uh, out of bounds. It, it's so far from the truth. Because I, I mean, I, I've talked about multiple players in this tournament, Clark and Reese, and also uh, Haley Van Lith is doing that crap. Like, it's, if you watch, you know they do it. Hey, think about this, Steve. Remember when um, Brandy Chastain slid and ripped her shirt off when the, when she scored the goal and that was on the cover of Sports Illustrated? Um, so there, that was a moment of celebration. Um, and that's really kind of, I mean, you look at kind of trash talking to rip your shirt off in front of an opponent. Yep. Opponents doesn't necessarily feel good about that. And so you have to start looking at, why do you support this particular athlete doing something? Because when Brandy Chastain did it, it was for America. But uh, the fans that were on the other side, they didn't like what actually happened. They thought they were shown up by it. And so we have to think about, like, when these displays happen, why are you rooting for the person that displays the trash talking, but someone else who is doing it, you don't like? Because people have an agenda, and it's the same people who will scream and yell about stick to sports and no politics in sports when it's good for them they interject politics into sports exactly and i, I think that it's the, the hypocrisy is, is glaring and it happens too much in our society it, it, and unfortunately these two young women had to respond to each other outside the competitive competitiveness of the game you know they were perfect if you listen to both of them both of them were perfectly fine with each other trash talking it's the it's the individuals who wanted to support one way or another who had an issue with the trash talking. Now, the nuance gets cut when there are people who are supporting Angel Reese saying, we don't care about Taylor Clark celebrating. But you can't demonize Angel Reese for celebrating. And then you can't carve out a little rule. Oh, uh, she was just with her teammates and she, uh, well, Angel Reese walked over and she followed her. Get the crap out of here. You know exactly what you mean. You would not have cared for it no matter what. Just like you care 
when, a, when there's a pastor who has the issue with the Supreme Court in terms of praying in the center of the field and kneeling, then you have, but that's okay, but you have the issue with Colin Kaepernick kneeling on the field. I think it just depends on how do you see that individual, you identify with that individual, and then you choose to root for the individual based on the display of that behavior. I think in the end this is all good for women's basketball, and I'll, I'll say this, and maybe I'm flawed in my thinking, I actually think Angel Reese is much more prepared for this moment and will embrace this moment. She's already made comments kind of firing back at Jill Biden. Hey, apology not accepted. Uh, we're not, you know, she's also deciding for the team, which I think is a little bit weird for LSU. But what do you think of my, my thinking there that um, Reese is actually just better equipped right now because I think she's been out there more. She's better equipped to handle the moment. Well, Angel Reese is very active on social media. She has what, over a million um TikTok followers, and so she'd already been engaged in social media and been pretty active on it already. So she's already been a really well, really good at managing her brand and navigating the world of social media, being um, being savvy at that. She's one of the new generation of athletes that are taking advantage over claiming their own brand. So she was already definitely prepared for it. So that anything that happened in in real time, this Andrew's putting out a video. This Andrew's putting out a tweet. This Andrew's putting out a TikTok. So um, and her talent. <laughs> also meets the moment as well. So um, she is someone who's definitely well-prepared for, for the moment, but also Caitlin Clark is because she's a talented athlete. And so these women athletes are going to be great. And you may be right. This may be good for the women's game in terms of the attention to the game, but some of the, the negative part of the game, we definitely don't want that ugly politics of race coming up and spilling into the sports world, but unfortunately it has. Tell me if I'm racist on this one. I also think that Angel Reese is more equipped because of Kim Mulkey because it's a Kim Mulkey culture thing where Kim Mulkey is a trash talker and F everyone else. Um, am I actually taking away credit from Angel Reese by doing that, saying that Mulkey, the old white lady, kind of trained her for this? Yeah, you know what? Kim Mulkey's politics are over the place. But I will say about Kim Mulkey, she called her, she called Angel Reese a girl several times and she was being asked about it on the Today Show and I thought that was kind of beneath her. Um, I, I'm of the opinion that players should be playing for Kim Mulkey. I've, uh, based on the type of person she is, but um, that's a whole other discussion um, that people have started to kind of. Oh, you start. Oh, let's let's support Angelique. Oh, look at her coat. Um, <laughs> yeah, you got you got to take the good with the bad. That's why I'm conflicted on this because I'm not a I'm not a Mulkey. Fan. I I actually I said it yesterday. I, I where is Mulkey right now? Is is she actually showing she's a good person and going? You know what? Angel Reese gets a spotlight. I'm not going to interfere. Or at $2.4 million a year, maybe I want to step in and actually speak for the program and what's going on with Flotus and the White House. You're just going to lay back and let your athlete take the hits. Absolutely. And I, and I think that, that you're not definitely not racist for that or anything for that matter, Steve. But I do think it, it, it's really interesting, her her comments really having really gone to support our players. But, you know, that's what happened when you saw her, her former player who um, uh, had Stuck in Russia, um, where her not getting it, and Brittany Griner not really wanting to get involved in, in some of the different things she did in that situation. And so uh, I'm really surprised at anyone that wants to play for a coach like that that wouldn't have your back. But uh, maybe, maybe maybe we're seeing something different, Steve. And, and yeah, and you mentioned Brittany Griner. If you go back and look at what Brittany Griner has kind of said about Kim Mulkey in the past, it's basically that she's very transactional. Like, yeah, she yeah. hated the fact that I was gay, but. Hey, look, she can help me win championships, so I'm going to put up with it for now. But now that she's gone and in prison and not on my team anymore, oh, well. Like, that's kind of who Kim Mulkey is. And so she's, hey, Angel Reese can help me win. Cool. Be her. But I'm sure when she's gone, it's like, all right, I moved on from her. 
Yeah, I mean, Bear Bryant, right? And then, <laughs> you know, in yeah. the 70s, one of the African American yeah. players, they, they'll win me some games. I don't care what their politics are. Um, there's a good aspect to that in terms of not having the same politics and still wanting to be able to still give the best person the job, but also something kind of a little dirty about that as well. Uh, the other point I wanted to hit on this, because I did send over the notes, is like, is Cofield a racist? Is Adam Hill a racist? Um, Adam Hill had a thought yesterday that you want to repeat it about uh, when Reese said, I'll go see the Obamas, I'll go see Michelle, about the Biden part of that? Oh, I, well, my my take was on young people. I just I don't think I don't think young people follow politics very closely. And I, I don't think she even understands that Obama's and Biden's are very, very close. And like that was a weird thing to say but i think it's just more about being young and not I, I don't think young people have any idea what's going on i mean the point being is i don't i don't think um the obamas would go yes we're going to make the bidens look terrible by hosting <laughs> angel reese and lsu and and usurping their event yeah I, I thought i thought that um that wasn't the wisest move um to, to bring in i will go see the obamas um but you have to consider from the standpoint of angel reese growing up as a child and seeing the obamas be president and seeing them, oh, if, if what 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 official represents me more than anything else? I mean, you have to look at a MAGA American and looking at a disgraced president, Donald Trump, representing them, even though he's no longer in office. And so you see, there's a certain segment of society that may not necessarily see um, if, if there's a Joe Biden, basically saying uh, all all bas- women basketball athletes matter. Then who is the who is the, the politician that will stand up for me? Who will represent me? And uh, and that's what she took and, and saw the Obamas. Was, was that a little bit short-sighted? Possibly. Um, but it just spoke to how the, the feeling, and many the Spanish Sharks opening up the segment, that there's a certain segment that feels there's a transactional nature of, of that type of position if you're not going to be able to fully represent all Americans in all situations. And that's how Angel Reese probably felt in that moment. Xavier Pope is with us here, turning out of Chicago. Social media influencer. I don't think that's an that's not, an, that's I'm not guessing, an insult or anything. I'm guessing not future barstool employee. Well, it's gonna, <laughs> oh no, are you in the crosshairs right now? <laughs> oh yeah, you're in the crosshair. Oh well, well, you know what I, what I wanted to ask you is there are clearly people uh, on the internet who you know the, the goal is hey let let's get people swinging at me let's get into fights just about mm-hmm. every day and mm-hmm. um, Portnoy is one of those guys and I saw you going back and forth with him. Um, Clearly, Whitlock is one of those guys, and Whitlock. I'll put it this way: Whitlock got Mina to engage last week. I often wonder when that's kind of what people do to make their money is get into public fights. If there's ever a, a point, because you're on the you're on Twitter and social media a lot more than we are, um, I try to yeah. hold back. I don't want to engage, but is it like do you have to engage sometimes, or other times you're like, why did I do that? Yeah, I think sometimes you have, you have to pick and choose, and I think you have to have an idea as to what the wider message is, and and allowing certain voices to be able to operate in their spaces un- unfettered. And I think the Dave Portnoy, um, it was racist, sexist, um, and the bro culture that they, the deuce bro culture they, they, they build in Barstool, that has to be approached. And when, 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 on a public forum, all your words get out, not just for your, 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 your minions to see, when you now it's mainstream. Um, the mainstream vision, the mainstream view of what happened that night couldn't be that this, black woman athlete was a, was, was a POS and was classic. And so when you had people with large platforms that get, got beyond their niche and getting to, the, to the, 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 the social sphere, then you need to have people with platforms like myself, like Jamel Hill, like Shaq, 
were able to speak to them. And and you, what you have to also recognize is Dave Portnoy would not have said anything to me if he, if he thought I was a nobody or went back and forth with me if I was nobody. He knew at that moment that he had to defend himself, and that's why he said something. I don't know. Interesting guy. I, I've also watched a, one of his pizza episodes where he got completely emasculated by uh, Guy Fieri. Got, like, Guy just dominated him. Like, bro, come on. All this tough talk and, you know, puffing out your chest and uh, Guy Fieri is freaking destroying you and, and humbling you? Give me a break. Um, I wanted to ask both of you guys, do you think there's anything more to Elway being away from the Broncos and just, hey, you know, it's time to move away? Or is the, the, the kind of the big corporate ownership now, they just don't need a guy like Elway who, who can get a little bit loose with some of his behavior? What do you think, Xavier? <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I really don't know. I mean, I, I think it more we, we find out about that situation. But John Elway wasn't really good at his job, <laughs> you know. And so that's a good point. I, well, that, that's actually progress, isn't it? So you don't you don't get to be you don't get to stick around in a retirement job if you you know potentially blow up the organization. I mean, I think technically his job was to be an ambassador and just be drunk around people, and that's what he was good at. <laughs> I mean, so, so he yeah, was now good. We, at now his now job. we can do that. Yeah, he was good at his job. Yeah, I mean, there, I mean, at some point. You know that that wanes that wears thin on your organization. And oh, let's pay this guy, you know, maybe half the amount of money, and then have him be a paid consultant that just kind of walks around and shakes hands and kiss baby. That's the relationship that people like John Elway traditionally used to have before they transitioned into the general management role and became these faces of organizations like that. And so I see that more of a role for John Elway, not leading an organization and making one bad decision after another, um, being caught in one scandal after another being involved in one neg- a negative press about your organization or another. And so I think that that's what we're seeing with someone like John Elway. He's, he's, he's not good at his job. So that's why you get that's why you leave guys like that on the sideline. Xavier, I only have 20 seconds left. We always talk a food trend. Why are we doing what, – what are overnight oats and cold, cold oats? What, what are we doing here? Yeah, what, what are we doing here, Steve? I mean, they're selling it everywhere, coffee shops. You name it, cold oatmeal, slimy, uh, post-apocalyptic gruel. I think people are thinking, choosing to eat this, why would you choose to eat cold oatmeal? Do you like cold oatmeal, Steve? I, I don't, but uh, Adam Hill is a big uh, coffee house guy, so I'm sure he's into the cold oatmeal. No, is a weirdo. definitely not. I'm not even, I don't even like regular oatmeal. I don't either. Horrendous. <laughs> All right, love you, buddy. Love you too, guys. There he is, Xavier Pope, meeting of the minds. Cold oatmeal. Who is doing this? You're paying for it. Overnight oats.